0: seated. Hey, This morning we got something awesome uh, cooked up. Uh, it was supposed to be Kenna Tarnowski uh, speaking but she had to go to a funeral today so we switched it up and uh, one of the uh, assistant basketball coaches, uh, a guy I went to school with back in the uh, late 90s, uh, all-around amazing dude. Everybody let's give a warm why welcome to Brian Gilcrest. How we doing guys? Everybody doing all right today? It's like, why has it got to get cold on us this morning? I woke up this morning and the birds were singing in the trees above me and I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. But then, no, they woke me up this morning and then the cold front came in. So now we're going to get snow. Um, This year we've been, there's been several of us going through eras. And to me, that's a fitting thing to cover because There's nothing that old men like to do more than talk about old days. They don't even have to be good old days, just the old days. Like if you go and talk to a guy my age about anything, we're going to have a story about one time I remember, or I remember back in my day. It's just what we do at this age. We talk about the old times. And it's something that the psychologist Eric Erickson broke down in his series of uh, emotional development that once we get to the age I'm in now, I'm 46 years old, that we've got to feel like we're positively contributing to society. We feel the need to mentor, to lead, to express through creativity. It's at this time that we want to pass down things to the next generation and feel like we're being a benefit to society. And it was hard for me to pick an era to talk about because I've been through quite a few eras in my life. And if you want to know what era I'm in, it depends on what I was focused on at the time. For example, there was this guy. That's me, doing a headstand. I think I was in third grade at this time. But from the time I was about three years old until the time I was about 15, I knew I was going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the planet. I was obsessed with football all I wanted to do. And at any point in the day, if you found me, I was in my backyard throwing a football at whatever was there. Trash cans, fence posts, swings, the dogs. If it was there, I was throwing a football at it, trying to hit it. But there was a few problems with this because when I went out for football the first time in the first grade, they said, you can't play quarterback. You're a right tackle. Man, I don't wanna be a right tackle. So instead of football I played football so it's hard to be the great quarterback when you don't even play the sport that you're dreaming of when I got to middle school I was like now I can play quarterback so I went out my coach said you're not a quarterback we're gonna put you at tight end which sounds awesome until you realize I was like coach look how I throw the ball he's like we don't throw the ball we're an option team So when you're a tight end for an option team, you're basically a right tackle. So I went from being a right tackle to an even more right tackle. And it was about this same time in middle school when I went to the doctor for my yearly physical. And the doctor looked at my mom and said, this kid is going to be huge. He's going to be at least 6'10 before he gets done growing. And that's when I discovered basketball. Seventh grade, I went out for basketball. I was pretty good. Made the middle school team. I was the best player on my team. And I thought, there's no seven-foot-tall quarterbacks. I'm just going to focus on basketball. The joke was that from that seventh grade doctor's visit, I never grew another centimeter. So I had big plans. I was going to go set the world on fire. I was going to be the greatest player my my high school had ever seen. I was going to go on to the University of Texas and be the greatest player they had ever seen. And then I was for sure going to the Dallas Mavericks and I was going to lead us to our first championship. But as we all know, that never happened. My senior year, about midway through, I kind of realized it would take a miracle for me just to play college basketball. I wasn't being recruited. I had no prospects, didn't know what I was going to do. And an act of God did get me here to York College. And I became this guy. When I got to York, I just knew I was gonna set this school and this conference on fire. I was gonna be the best player the conference had ever seen. I was gonna be part of the greatest team this school had ever seen. And I was gonna be a part of everything here on campus that anybody would let me do. And some of those things I accomplished but the individual things that I set, uh, the goals that I set, I was never an all-conference player. I was a good player. But I was never a great player. And once I was ending my career here, I had to figure out, okay, what's next? So this guy, on graduation, I knew I was going to teach. I knew I was going to coach. I knew I was moving back to Texas. And I was going to take the world by storm. I was gonna go become the greatest teacher and coach anybody had ever seen. I was gonna win multiple state titles as a coach. I was gonna break all the career records I knew in the state of Texas, high school coaching career, who had the most wins, I was gonna go break all of that. And then I was gonna teach kids like they like Robin Williams in the movies, like that was gonna be me. I was gonna be the greatest teacher and coach anybody had ever seen. I went on to have a successful career but never reached the goals that i had for myself and this guy turned into this guy that's me teaching science turned into this guy who turned into this guy who is now this guy and through the years there's been a lot of ups and downs that i've gone through and a common goal for myself or a common thread in this theme, that I set very lofty goals that I could never attain. And through those, it took a toll on me. And instead of blaming myself for setting unreasonable expectations or not being able to do all the work it took to get there, I instead took out my frustration on God. Because I always felt like I had a plan or a calling to do something big. When those big things never happened, it affected my faith. I never stopped believing in God and I never stopped believing in a loving God. But I stopped believing that God cared about me. And it was because of this at one point in my life stopped praying, I stopped going to church, I stopped reading my Bible, I stopped putting the work in with my relationship with God, and that also had an effect on me. I don't know how to describe what I went through from about the age of 35 to 40, but the best way I can describe it is a troubling of my soul. There was something that was missing, there was something that was off, there was something that just wasn't right. And I've always had a thing with like, things get stuck in my head. They just kind of pop in out of nowhere. They won't go away. And I had the words to this certain song stuck in my head. Every day, the song was replaying through my head. And it's this one: "There's a stirring deep within me: Could it be my time has come? Is this his voice I am hearing?" Come to me, or come away, my precious one. Is he calling me? Is he calling me? And I can remember very clearly one day sitting up in my room in Houston, going through some stuff, and the song is playing in my my head, and my response is, yes, you moron, he's calling you. Now, what was he calling me to do? I had no idea. But that day... I decided I got to go back to teaching. Went back to teaching, got my master's degree, wound up here. A friend shared this with me along that journey, and it was something that just stuck my heart like a knife. This is from Jeremiah. I forget what, I forgot to put chapter and verse on here 29 11. Thank you, Sean. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And it hit me that his plans for me were always different than my plans for me. And while I was always looking towards the future and towards the bigger and the better and the best, I was completely looking over the things God was doing in my life right then and there. And that when I stopped looking towards the greatness that I thought I was supposed to be, I could become what God had always wanted me to be. It had to be some soul searching and shifting of my focus to be content with where I was and to trust that God had me where I needed to be. And through all of this. At this point in my life. There is a new song that's playing in my head. The words go. I love you Lord. Oh your mercy never failed me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up. Until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life. You have been faithful. In all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. It's a beautiful day when you can wake up and mean those words. When you've gone through the past. And while I have what I have to say today might not hit some of you now, Some of you are going to go through some journeys in the next few years. We have some people ready to graduate. We have some people ready to move on. We have some people going through the same things here that I went through. And it's hard for us to sometimes sit back where we are now and see the plans that are here for us now. So as we go through and we look forward, don't ever stop striving for greatness, but also don't ever forget the blessings that you have today. That's all I've got for you. Thank you very much.